Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. Part two. Somebody say, I was a leper, but now I'm a leader. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing. Note to worship team. Adjust projectors. Screw them down, lock them down, fix this thing so they ain't shifting no more. Y'all getting so crazy up here, you're rattling my loose. I can't see the top of those letters over there. Look at your neighbor right now. And I know nowadays you ain't supposed to look at nobody and spit on them and breathe on them. If you don't want to do it, if, they, if you don't want them to do it, then just sort of look down and pick up something. Act like you're picking up something. Look at somebody and say this. What have you got to lose? Tell somebody else, what have you got to lose? Tell them this too. If we stay here, we're going to die. But if we go in, we might just live. See, last week, I showed you a very desperate situation. A great famine. Such a famine that they were eating every piece of the horse to where they were selling the horse's head for large amounts of silver. They were even taking the poop of doves, of birds, and selling the poop so that people could pick what little bit of nutrients they thought they could out of what had went through the digestive system of a bird. When you are desperate and you don't have hope and you have no way of finding hope and the only way you think you're ever going to come out of this situation and survive is you will think of things to do for yourself that you would never dream you would ever do for yourself. Are you alive? Because it is an instinction. It is put in us to survive. Oh, as a child of God, we are not worried about death because we know, like Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be, tell it church, present with the Lord. So we know that when we breathe our last breath, it's not over. But let's be real. We don't want to die. We want to stay alive as long as we can stay alive. Can I get a church to help me? If I die, I die, but I don't want to die. Why? Because if I'm here, I get to be with my wife. I get to be with my children. I get to be with my family, my grandbaby. I get to be with my church family. I get to do what God has called me to do. But when I go, I go. But if you're in a place where your body begins to tell you, if I don't get something in me today, I'm not just going to die, I'm going to die a painful, horrible death. People who have no hope and people who do not have hope in God especially will turn on the very thing that was the most precious to them. It starts with materialistic things. The thing that got me where I needed to go. The thing that provided for me. My horse. But once you've gone through everything that's materialistic, once you've raided every cabinet, are you hearing me? Once you've found every morsel of anything that's laying anywhere, regardless if it had mold on it or not. I'm being real with y'all this morning. If you do not have God in your life, you will look at the most precious things in your life that before that moment of desperation, everything you did was to protect them. Everything you did was to provide for them. 
But the devil will come on you. And the devil will bring something up in you just like what is in the wild. You will look for the least, the most vulnerable, and the weakest. And you will devour them for your survival. Ooh, it's getting quiet in here. One of the hardest things in scripture to read was last week I read it to you. I'm not going to read it to you today. They begin to eat their own children. Every single time God was getting ready to do something powerful in this world, the devil said, I know I can't kill the leaders. I know I can't. The adults would never go for it, but I'll convince them. Let's just take out the weakest. Let's just take out the most vulnerable. Many ways that happens, we see it happening not only from the womb, we now see it in schools. We now see it in Disney, in cartoons. Because the devil understands the way you reach a generation is you go through the kids. Are you hearing me, church? So while all this chaos is going on, while all this death and destruction and famine is going on, there is a drought, there is a famine. But God has always had a prophet. No matter what, even when the whole world, the Bible says in Genesis chapter six, was evil, and man's nature was nothing but evil. The whole world, every living, breathing human being on this earth was evil in the eyes of God, except one man. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Let me tell you something, God's always had a remnant. Sometimes that remnant looked like a few million. Sometimes that remnant looked like one man. But God, can, God repopulated the whole world with one man. And I just tore the speaker up. Are you all with me, church? Will you help me right now and just say, Pastor, go ahead and give it to me. See, I needed permission. Okay, here we go. So now I don't have to worry because all I can say is that you did it. In the midst of all of this going on, God had a prophet. And anytime destruction happens, this is what they call it, acts of God. A tornado hits, a hurricane hits, a famine hits, a drought hits. They're listed in the secular world as acts of God. Am I preaching right? How many knows they're not acts of God? They're acts of the devil. God can use them, but God does not send a tornado to kill your family. The Bible calls the devil the prince of the power of the air, the atmosphere. He's the one that brought the winds that battered the ship with the disciples that Jesus was in that was about to take it under and Jesus is sleeping like a baby because Jesus was not moved by what the devil was doing. Jesus was big picture. They finally woke him up and said, Master, get up. Do you not even understand? You're laying in water right now. We're going under. He's like, life lesson. Sermon, sermon proper, what they call that, or the life application. Here's a life application for y'all. Watch this. Winds stop, waves cease. But when you're in desperation, if you don't have faith in God, you will not call on God, you will blame God. Oh, I'm preaching better than you shouting. You will blame God. And when you blame God, you will then, the way you normally blame God is you blame the preacher that told you about God. 
You don't want to really say it to God, so you'll just say it about God's man who he put in your life to speak into you. So the king immediately said, let me tell you something. I know what all this is about. It's about the prophet. As surely as I'm breathing before this day is over with, I will have his head sitting next to me. If I can take him out, maybe I can stop all this mess. So they ran to his house. This is from last week. And he hears them coming in the spirit before they ever get there. He tells his sisters, hold the door till the king gets here. I don't want to hear from the messenger. I want the king to hear what I got to say. And watch this. He gets to the door and he's standing on the other side of the door and he's screaming through the door, Elijah, you're dead, buddy. I'm taking your head off today. Elijah's so cool, calm and collected. He said, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. What you think is going to happen, let me tell you what's about to happen. It looks like it took us a long time to get in the place that we're in to the point that people would do the things that they're doing in the camp. But I'm gonna show you something about God that you don't get, King. And I'm gonna show you something about 2022 and beyond. You hear me? We didn't get here overnight. We are not in this mess that we're in in the church and in the world and in America because of a pandemic. This did not come in two and a half years. This has been slowly coming for generations. We have been sacrificing things before the altar of God that we were not supposed to be sacrificed. We're supposed to be sacrificing the things of the flesh. We have laid things of the spirit on the altar and burned them. We have taken the power of the Holy Ghost and resigned him to a side room. We don't want people speaking in tongues in church, but they can in small groups. But he said, let me show you something about my God. My God is a suddenly God. Don't you remember what happened in Acts chapter two? And suddenly, there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared under them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. In one moment, the church was birthed. In one second. What we are sitting in today, what we are a part of today was birthed in a millisecond. He said, King, listen to me. This has been a long drought, a long famine. And I know in your mind you think if you just take me out, then you're going to start implementing policies to build back better. Oh, wait a minute. I mean, to, to implementing policies. Wait a minute. Did I say that? To, to um, rebuild greater. Because if you think that we can be rebuilt by a Democrat or a Republican, this is my confused look. How can you, I don't care who you are, I don't care how you were raised, I don't care what your mama was and your daddy was and your grandparents were, I don't care because the remnant does not care about a letter at the end of a person's name. The remnant doesn't care about tags because all tags burn up in hell anyway. Y'all get that later. Okay, here we go, here we go. I'm almost through with my introduction. Here we go. I'm gonna start preaching in a minute. Watch this. You think that you can implement this and send me a stimulus check there and do this and do that there and that's gonna help me and that's gonna bring me out of my mess. I don't care if it was Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Both of them sent you stimulus checks and look at us now. Both of them sent you stimulus checks. Some of y'all that hated Trump still cast it. 
Some of y'all that hate Biden still cast it. Am I preaching better than you shout? I don't know. I'm sure it's probably happened. I don't know a single person that rejected it, marked through it, signed it, endorsed it on the back, and sent it back. But Mr. King, let me tell you something. I don't care if you hold the majority in the Senate or not. I don't care if you have veto-proof powers or not. I don't care if you feel like what you're about to do by executive order will stand before the Supreme Court or not because ain't none of that can do what I'm about to tell you is about to happen. I feel something pushing me in the back. I feel the Holy Ghost telling me, go, boy, go. Here we go. I put on a collared shirt for y'all today, y'all. I ain't wore a collared shirt in forever. I was about to put a t-shirt on the Lord. So I said, uh-uh, ain't one of them today. Put a jacket and a collar on and some dress shoes. I still had the jeans. Can you imagine you're in a world where they're buying donkey heads for tens of thousands of dollars equivalent in silver? Hundreds of dollars equivalent of silver for poop. They're eating each other. It looks like this is a big deal. How in the world can we ever get out of this? The prophet simply says this. Here's what I want you to know. About this time tomorrow. <laughs> Ooh. About this time tomorrow what you were spending on a donkey's head this is the equivalent 5% excuse me what you were spending on a donkey's head you're now because wheat's not even available bread's not even available you got to get this he said I mean if you're eating a donkey's head you ain't got no bread right if you're eating poop you ain't got no bread. <laughs> right? I'm just telling you what the Bible says. He says about this time tomorrow, you'll be able to take less than 1% of what you're paying for a donkey's head and you'll be able to buy a loaf of bread. Why would, because you would think if somebody did have some bread and they just been investing it and holding on to it because they knew one day it's going to be worth something. And they laid that thing out and put it on eBay. Can I get an amen? How many of he could probably got $10,000 a slice when there ain't no bread? Because how many knows when the market, we see it right now, when you can't get stuff on the shelves and then something does get on the shelf and it used to be $3, now it's about $6. Because it says, look, this thing, I can make more money off this because it's scarce. But the more you get of it, the market says, ain't nobody gonna pay that kind of price. The price has to come down, right? Supply and demand. You hear me? He says, tomorrow you're going you're gonna to be able to buy a loaf of bread for pennies. Number one, there ain't no bread. So God says, sometime tonight. She caught up. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. It's in your body. Sometime tonight. While you in the bed sleeping. While every woman that's ever made bread is in the bed sleeping. I'm going to show you that I can make bread. How many know he rained down manna from heaven? He can do anything he wants to. So he, he said, this time tomorrow, there'll be so much bread, there'll be so much food that people will just be paying pennies on the dollar this time tomorrow. Every single thing is gonna change overnight. Look down at his watch. 
11.23. How about, how about, about 11.23 tomorrow? About tomorrow. In other words, what he's trying to say is, if this don't happen by 11.23, you can take my head off. That's how confident I am of what I'm saying. He said, but there's one thing I want you to know. That sometimes the way I make bread ain't the way you think I make bread. Because when I tell you I'm going to make bread, you think I'm talking about I'm going to come down and stand in your kitchen, make some dough, and put it in your oven and stand there until the timer goes off. Let it cool and cut it. Don't the Bible say, give and it shall be given. Watch how God works. Press down, good measure, shaking together. Sound like you're making something to me. Press down, good measure, shaking together, running over. Shall men bring and lay in your lap? He said, y'all think I'm only working through the prophet, through me. And truth, truth be known, he might not even know the full big picture because how many knows even the prophets don't know everything God's doing because they're still just a man. Either That's what he's trying to say. Either God's going to make it with his hands or somehow it's going to get to us. But by this time tomorrow, all of your camp will eat good. Then he went to sleep. Are y'all hearing me? We are systematically being separated and being pulled away from the voice that God is trying to use to speak into our lives. To my online uh, watchers, I want you to know I appreciate it and I love you, but I'm going to tell you something. If you don't know it and you should know it by now, Your source of the good news is being funneled by powerful people and algorithms. There is literally a hundred times more content going out for God than you ever see in any given day. From your friends, from your Facebook and YouTube fellow friends, that you should be seeing. Now, you won't see the one about the kitty cat in their backyard. You won't see that one. When you share the gospel, very few people. You understand, every one or two months, I don't mean this to brag or anything, I'm just telling you how it works. Every one or two months, I have to go in and have to delete about 200 people. And I go through them and I just sort of look at the ones I only got maybe one or two common friends I don't really know who they are, and I hate to do it, but I have to delete them because other people trying to friend request me that I feel like legitimately wants to connect, and you can't have a 5,000 friends. On my other page, I've got almost 8,000 followers. Well, I got basically always either 5,000 or pushing 4,900-something friends all the time. When Facebook first came out, I'd post something. I'd post a scripture. And by the end of the day, this was years ago now, by the end of the day, I'd have two or 300 responses, likes, loves, whatever, 50 to 60 comments. That's right, brother, preach it. I can post a picture of my grandbaby, which I ain't never going to stop doing. Just go ahead and tell you. And within 30 minutes, it's, it's 50 likes. Within two hours, it's 60 comments. People that ain't even in my family sharing pictures of my, my grandbaby. Look at this, sweetie. I don't know who they are. The whole world knows y'all's child. I'll come right back within five minutes and post something about the remnant. Post something about open your eyes, wake up, church, to what's happening. Five minutes after that one, two and three days later, Listen to me. 
Two and three days later, one like, no comments, no shares. I'll send private messages to my closest friends. They comment on everything. Have you seen, I'll screen you, have you seen this post at all in your timeline? I see all your stuff, Pastor. I have not seen this. Because you need to know. There are people, but there are machines. And I'm not trying to be weird and spooky and Terminator here, whatever. But it's true. That are constantly scanning, constantly listening, constantly filtering. Any voice that brings any hope into your life outside of what you feel comfortable doing. We're in a world now that it's all about what you feel you are or what you feel you can do. And anybody that goes against that narrative, it's now what I've realized is now I have to say, if I'm making a podcast or a video, I have to say something like this. I've learned this. If I say, and, this, and I'm saying it now, so I don't know what will happen now. If I say, this is how things have happened since the last two years of the pandemic or the last two years of, of, the, of the virus, or if I say anything, and if I ever use the word vaccine, those are never seen. And I still won't get seen, on, and I'm not talking about me being seen. You understand, this ain't about me being seen. Please, please understand, I don't care about me being seen. I'm talking about what I'm saying. What I'm saying is not look at me. I'm saying look to God. Repent. I say things like this. Well, you know, since the last two years, since that thing happened, you know, the thing. You know, the thing where they roll the sleeve up and do the thing. You know, when we all <coughs> did this because of the thing. And you might get through. But now they're filtering the thing. We preach a lot about the remnant. And let me tell you something. The remnant don't look like what you thought the remnant was going to look like. The remnant that may be the hands of God that changes everything might just be ostracized in a leper colony. That everybody else had done forgot about. Because once you're put in the leper colony, you don't exist anymore. You have been canceled. Do you understand people that have been with social media from the beginning that have built a livelihood, built an entire company, an organization, and sizable income, and, and employed people? One night. It's gone. You can't find them anywhere on the internet. They no longer exist. Gone. Now they've had to go back. I'm not saying this is necessarily a bad thing for people. If, if this is what you have to do, they're going back to flipping burgers. They're going back to digging ditches. They're going back to being a secretary. They're going back to selling insurance because everything they'd built, because they said one thing that the powers that be didn't like, they're gone. This is the world we live in. And if you don't think it's, if you think I'm some conspiracy theorist up here, you, you're, you're so asleep, it's, and I mean that. I mean that in a loving way. You need somebody to, and that's my job in your life. Wake up. Man, I need some new material because I almost said, I need to splash some aqua velva on you. <laughs> some of y'all are like, a what, a what? You're going to splash water, aqua's water. Water velva, velvet water, what? Y'all don't understand. Aqua velva in Brute 33, baby. By Fabergé. That's <laughs> how so me and used to do that. When they'd say, obsession. We'd say, Brute 33, by Fabergé. Watch this. So all this is going on, y'all don't want me to preach this. Y'all don't want me to say it. No matter how bad it gets for the commoner, the elite will always be eating. They will tell you what you have to do and what you can't do, but that ain't what they're doing. 
How many knows in the greatest droughts and famines in the history of humanity, the king still ate. His kids still ate. What was that one queen that said, let them have cake, let them eat cake? Who was that? Who? Marie Antoinette, Antoinette. Let them eat cake. Well, they turned on her because they're like, what's a cake? But all she, in her sheltered life is while they're dying of starvation, she's got a bountiful of choices for dessert. While the people that's making the cake can't even take a bite of it. Well, the Bible tells us right after that story, it's part two of my message, right after all of that happened that I just told you, it goes to a camp of soldiers. And in this camp, there's a fire, there's food, there's bread, there's meat, there's weapons, there's horses that have not been killed, there's armor. They're doing good in this camp because the king is gonna make sure they're fed because that's the ones that are protecting him from the rebellion of the people. The government is always going to fund itself. The government is supposed to be there to protect you. But somewhere along the line, it began to be your mama and your daddy. Somewhere. (laughs) Facebook, I did not say that. Just so you know, that was a random great man of God within my congregation. Algorithm. It's okay, buddy. You know I'm messing with you. I know your heart. So, the people in the camp, the government, which by the way, just one little quick thing on that. What if you ran your house the way the government runs their house? You wouldn't have a house. But yet we, kill, we just still keep letting them do it. Stupid is as stupid does. Okay, watch it. Here we go. So back then there was no texting. There was no social media. There wasn't nothing to go viral. If you wanted to get a message somewhere on the other side of the desert, you had to send a messenger. Well, there was no time to get a message from Elisha's house to the camp that I'm talking about. So as far as they knew, everything's just like it always been. But they were afraid because they knew in the midst of the famine, they were one of the few soldiers, few group of army soldiers that still had food. So they were not always just looking out for the commoners rebelling. They were looking out for other soldiers who were dying of starvation that found out the Syrians had bread. So they were always on guard and that spirit of fear was always on them. The Bible says that they're sitting there, they're warming, but they're they're always looking. They got people looking out and way out in the distance, there's four lepers. So far out, they've been taught, you stay away. Don't even let them even see you. So if they see you, it might be some kind of mirage just sort of like even on the camera right now, it just sort of gets dark and I just sort of disappear into the landscape. They're watching it. They're smelling it. They're lepers. Parts of their body have already fallen off. They're dying. But they're not dying of leprosy. They're dying of hunger. They're dying of sustenance. Before leprosy can ever kill them, starvation is going to take them out. Remember what I told you, when you're you're at that place where starvation is kicking in, your body will do things that it would normally, and your mind will tell you to do things that it would normally never make sense for you to do. So something happens and they just start getting a little bit closer. They see the fire. They've been watching it for nights, hearing the clanging of the pots, hearing the talking of the men, but there's something different about this day. Something happened within the last few hours. They got spooked, thinking that the Bible says all of the soldiers thought that they were under attack by multiple other nations. And they were so afraid, they jumped up, left everything, 
Some of them started out on their horses. This is in your Bible. And at some point we know they just jumped off the horses. They start taking their armor, started throwing their shields and their swords. They stripped down because it was holding them back. They couldn't run fast enough. They stripped down to nothing and ran off completely naked. Left all their food, left all their weapons, left all their horses. This is in your Bible. Left everything. Fire still glowing, food still in the pot. And these four lepers who have been told, you've been canceled. You don't have a voice anymore. Why don't you just accept it? Well, if you don't like how social media is, start your own. Well, okay, I'll start my own. Apple, Google, you can't be on our platform. You can start your own, but nobody can download it. So people just throw up their hands and they're like, there's nothing I can do. God's always got a remnant. And sometimes the remnant looks like a leper. Sometimes the remnant's been ostracized. Sometimes, the re- sometimes God didn't do it, but God allowed them to be pulled out of the camp to create a desperation that would have never come in them if they would not have been there. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. I've said it once, I'll say it again. Other than the death the actual death, the actual sickness, the actual poverty, the actual loss of income, all those things that are bad. But to the church, probably the greatest thing that ever happened was what happened the last two years. Not, not that I'm happy that the people have left the church. It is because if we want to really see God move, we've got to get a remnant that can let God move in them so that we can go back and get the ones that have left and go get back and get the ones that ain't never been here. So these guys, these guys just start creeping. Because used to, they'd get to a certain area and they could be seen. They'd say, stand back, leper. You ever, had, you ever, you ever watched your dog? And I hate to equate dogs and, and babies, but also your baby. Where they start trying to test. Where you've told them, do not touch that. Do, don't you touch it. Don't you touch it. I love you. I love you. I love you so much. I love you. And then when they finally feel like you're not really looking, they go. And they test you. Can I, am I right? So it's like, it's like they kept doing this. They kept doing this. At some point, they're going to get me. At some point, they're going to tell me I got to go back. Ain't nobody telling me nothing. Ain't nobody telling me nothing. Ain't nobody telling me nothing. They keep going. Ain't nobody telling me. And at some point, watch this. I'm almost through. At some point, when nobody comes out, it starts to be a little boldness. You stand up and you're like, okay. What's going on here? Okay, okay. There's always going to be one that grabs you, though. And the Bible says, one of them grabs and says, stop. I know there ain't nobody come out. And I know it looks a lot better than what it normally looks, but well, I think you forgot something. What? We're lepers. If we go in that camp, they would kill us on the spot. And here's, the, here's what the remnant says at this point. Well, let me ask you a question, Einstein. What do you think's happening to us right now? I'll be honest with you. I'd rather go out quick. I'd rather a sword take me out and feel no pain and have to go back to that camp and die the way we all know we're about to die. So I'm going to ask you a question. What do we have to lose? We're going to die anyway. 
if there's a shot that I die with a piece of bread in my mouth, I'll die with a smile on my face. So y'all can stay here. You can go back if you want to. This is all in your Bible. I'm sorry I didn't read scripture today. I'm still a preacher. I don't preach anything that ain't in there. This is all in there. I'm going in. There's always one that tries to pull you back, but there should always be one that says, I'm going in. And if he'll say it emphatically, and if he has influence with those that are still with him, even the one that tried to pull him back will follow the one that is leading. I said, okay, I'm with you, man, let's go. They walk in, they're walking a little bit timid. They go into one tent. The Bible says they go into one tent. They realize all, everybody's gone. There's no one there. Not a soul is there. They're still waiting for them to come out at any moment. You can see some of them are like taking pants going. Hello? Anybody there? Makes me think of Kevin at Home Alone. What was his brother's name that wanted to crush him? But Buzz! I'm playing with your action figures. You better come out and pound me. And he realizes, wait a minute. I'm home alone. Wait a minute. I, I made my parents disappear. So at some point, the lepers go, dude, they're gone. No one is here. At that point, they had no idea if they was coming back or not. So he said, well, look, until they come back, let's get in this tent. So they go in this tent. Now, you know there's some slobber going on there. Try this. Oh, my God. Like, man, smell this. So I would say, a cane that don't have a nose. <laughs> Leper comedy. Sorry. Oh, smell it through these holes. But they start just eating gold. Start sticking it in the drawers and all kinds. Well, they didn't have much clothes on. They just they take everything they could. They go outside. What, this is what the Bible says. They run all the way back to their camp. They drop all the stuff. They put some extra food. Because in their mind, they're thinking, man, we got enough to, for a couple days here before we die now. When I'm looking at each other, I still don't hear them. They start getting bolder and bolder. The Bible says they go back to the second tent. They eat, they get everything out of that second tent. They run all the way back to their camp. They put it back down their camp again. They're still thinking, it's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. Let's try it again. And they go in and there's multiple tents full of overflowing. Watch what happens. True remnant. True remnant knows it was never just about them. The only reason the remnant is rising is to be the light and the salt like we should have always been to go help the ones that ain't in the remnant come in the remnant with us. So at some point, when they're in that third or that fourth tent, this is in your Bible, one of them stands up and says, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is not right. It is not right for us to take all the spoils of this camp for ourselves when our families that we were ostracized from are dying of starvation back at home. Listen to the boldness of this statement. And I'm closing. They didn't say Let's get up and go to our families. They recognized the authority, even as demonic as it was, that we were supposed to also be the remnant to the government. He says, let us go up to the king. Put our lives in danger again, because when they see us, we're still lepers. They could take our head off. But we need to show them we need to find the distribution channel to get this to as many people as possible. So he gets up. They all get up. And they go to the king. 
And they tell the king, we have all this spoils. And the small group of people, now this wasn't worldwide, that small group of people begin to eat and eat and get full and grab the hope. And the lepers became leaders. And one of them, had a vibration on his wrist because he's wearing his Apple watch. And he looked down and there was the prophet wearing his Apple watch. <laughs> About this time yesterday. Y'all hear me? You told me this is going to happen. I had no idea he was going to use lepers to make it happen. See, not only did that happen, they ate good that day. The famine ceased. The rain came. From four obedient lepers that decided at this juncture, what have I got to lose? I might as well just go all in. I might as well just trust God. And God suddenly Sometimes he'll suddenly send fire, sit up on the heads of everybody, and sometimes he'll move on a leper and say, look, even in the condition that you're in, I can still use you. I know what you did. No, I don't know what you did. I'm speaking for, I'm speaking for God right now. God knows what you did. single thing you've ever done that God don't know you did. You may have been disowned, broken. Many of you have disowned yourself. Many of you put yourself in the leper colony because you're not worthy. Because you know what you did. I'm not like them. Oh, look, look at Pastor Larry. He's, he's just a good talker. He's got a He's got an open personality. He can, he can be that. I'm, I'm just shy. I'm introverted. He don't, he don't understand struggle. Have you read my book? I've been through struggle. But it don't matter if I've been through struggle or not. You don't get to label yourself. And you don't get to ostracize yourself. drag them to that camp. He just quickened something in them. At that point, he said, God was going to turn it around in one day with or without him. But he gave them a chance. One last shot to go out being a leader instead of a leper. But God said, I'm going to put this thought in you that you're going to have to take a step towards that camp. Holy Spirit's convicting some people right now. I can feel it. It's moving in this place. Parts of you that used to be there has fell off of you. Parts of your body that used to work good in the natural and even in the spirit used to preach the gospel, used to lay hands on the sick, but it's been so long. Since you prayed for another person. Been so long since you gave a word to somebody. Been so long since you ever preached or talked. You've just sort of put yourself in that little role that you do now and accepted. 
This is all I've ever been and I'm ever going to be. Might have been that at one time, but it's just not me anymore. The Lord said, you're running out of time. We used to have five of you, but now we only have you. Used to be three and four times as many leaders as there are in churches now. If not you, who? Every one of you is a deacon, don't you remember that? If one of you been put on the leadership team, every single one of you, still just sort of comfort, comfortable in that camp. Because you don't think you're worthy. You don't think it's possible. Well, it's not possible for man to walk on water. It's not possible. Everybody in the boat saw Jesus walking on the water. They still didn't really get who Jesus was, but they knew enough of who he was to think, yeah, but that's Jesus. But we only know that story for one reason. It's only in our Bible for one reason. We don't know if that's the only time Jesus ever walked on the water. It's probably not. But the only reason we even know he walked on the water is because one man stood up in the boat and said, I know it ain't possible. I know what it's going to look like in the natural. But Lord, I got I to be with you. If it is even possible, all I need you to do is I ain't going to do it unless you tell me. Just tell me to come to you where you're at. And bass in this boat's waiting for you to get to us. We might not have time. This boat may go down before you get to us. So if I'm going down, I want to go down in your arms. If I'm going to go down, I ain't going down with the ship. I'm going down with you. Are you hearing me? So if it's possible, bid me to come into the end of the water. And one word took the impossible to the possible. This is all the Bible said Jesus said while he's standing on water and storms raging all around him. Come. Come. That's all Peter needed. He stepped out of the boat. And the most impossible thing anybody that was still left in that boat had ever seen in their life was happening right before their eyes. They could convince themselves it's one thing to see Jesus walking on water. But Peter was walking on the water. I promise you this, no matter what you've done, no matter where you're at, no matter what your situation is, it's not more impossible than you going out to Smith Lake and walking across it. Stand to your feet. not Jesus never claimed to be never will claim to be I'm anointed by Jesus the winds are raging all around you the winds are raging all around us I'm not I'm not going to feed you false information here it ain't going to get better out there it's going to get worse. How do I know that? The word of God that I preach every Sunday tells me that. We're on a track out there that's going to get worse and not better. You think it's raging now? You ain't seen nothing yet. But no matter what comes, the remnant will rise above it and walk on top of it. The economy will not determine what we do. Did you get that? The White House and the Senate and the House of Representatives and the Supreme Court will not get to decide what the remnant does. So, 
new fanfare. What manner of man is this that even the winds and seas obey his voice? He knows, how, he knows the storm that you're in. It's not moving, God. He's at rest. If it's good enough for Peter, it should be enough for you. Come. Hear the Lord say today, some of you are going to be delivered from addiction to pornography. That is a secret sin. that you have battled for most of your life. But today, it will finally be over. Just come. Mante the secret things says the Lord are not secret to me there are things I know about you that you know about you but there are things that I know about you that you don't know about you for the things that I know about you says the Lord are not just the things that you are ashamed of and that you've come before me to repent says the Lord I'm thankful and I receive you as you come but I see things in you that are greater than anything that you've ever said about yourself or ever seen in yourself and I've waited on the moment that you would throw caution to the wind and you would run with all your might towards me and the purpose for which I have called you. I say this to you today, you have not been disqualified. Everything I've called you to do, you're still called to do. When you accept that today, you will see that I was always calling you to do even more than you ever thought you were called to do. Suddenly, something is changing in you today. Suddenly. smell in the spirit realm something and that don't hardly ever happen to me I smell something burning it's not the smell of leaves burning or cigarette burning in my spirit man I smell flesh burning now it's gone thank you Lord for a brief moment, I believe the Lord just let, ooh, hit a makata. 
Let me smell what he smells. The smell of the sacrifice. The smell that is a sweet smell to his nostrils. The smell of years. The smell of years burning off of you. man's definition self-condemnation guilt shame deadness dryness burning off of you everyone that's standing up here I want you to look at me I don't know how long this service is going and we're going to still do all the things that we still got to do and I don't even care. And I think you don't care either because we're in the middle of something huge in this church. This is more important. This is more important. Do you hear me? It's going to sound like a preacher cliche. And almost I don't even want to say it because it's going to just sound so clicky and cliche. But I have to say it because God's telling me to say it. So you'll never forget this moment. When you walk to this altar, some of you have been serving God for less than a year. Come back to God for less than a year. Some of you are standing here. You've been serving God for 50, 60 plus years. You would not be standing in this altar at the end of a message like this. If in some way, shape, or form, no matter where you are in ministry, no matter how awesome your influence is in God, if a part of you doesn't feel like a leper, what does that mean? Not necessarily ostracized, maybe. But one of the most defining things of a leper is that things that used to be there have fallen off. When an extremity, whether it's your ears or your nose or a finger, falls off of you, you spend the rest of your life learning how to adapt to buttoning a shirt with three fingers. You go on. You learn how to find a way to hold a coffee cup without hands. And you go on. you go on with so much less than you had. And let me tell you what I think. Because this is just the nature of my God. And it's the gospel according to Larry. But I don't think those four lepers died lepers. No matter how they died. They died leaders. Whether they died that day or whether they died 20 years later, everything was restored to them in one day. It wasn't just this time tomorrow you'll eat bread. This time tomorrow, I'll restore lepers and I'll cause the least likely of all to lead you by the way Elisha said to the king through that door that day you'll see it happen for everybody around you but you won't partake of it and what you said would happen to me it's going to happen to you and the people in the last days will see that the government is not our source that our God is so much of our source that he can use a leper to feed the people so hear me lepers that made it to this altar God said to the remnant oh I need another two hours God cause it's just downloaded in me like I clicked a link Oh! 
pour out my spirit on all flesh. Leprosy is the disease of the flesh. And I'll restore everything that the enemy chewed and gnawed and ate and removed. So there comes your nose. This is the part that I was a little leery to say, but I got to say it. Here comes your ears. They're coming back right now. You're going to be able to hear things you ain't heard in a long time. Here comes your sight. Was cloudy with disease. Now you're going to see things that you ain't seen in years. Oh, there comes those fingers. There comes those extremities coming. There comes those hands. Now you're going to lay hands on. You didn't think you could do it anymore. Now you're going to lay hands on the sick. See it recover. Now you're going to pick. You're going to be able to pick up people. You're going to be able to be like Peter. Reach down and pull up the man at the gate called beautiful. Those things you couldn't do anymore. Oh, there comes your feet. There comes your, there comes your kneecaps. Oh, there, com there comes your joints. You're going to be able to run the race again. You're going to be able to pray again. You're going to be able to dance again. Oh, my God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Woo. There comes your lips again. There comes that tongue again. Out of your mouth shall flow rivers of living water. You're going to preach again. You're going to teach again. You're going to run again. My God, if there's breath in your body, you're going to do it again. And your, your latter shall be greater than your former. Somebody shout, God is turning the lepers into leaders. <laughs>